good friends Chance and Cole a warm welcome to everybody. You're listening to Triple Threat here on KCOU 88.1 FM Triple Threat brought to you of course by Sticklin and Dryer Law Firm. We've got a great show for you today folks. Chance is joining us virtually from his home as he quarantines in preparation for a good Thanksgiving break. Chance, a word, please. Let's. Yeah. Yes, it's great to be here with you guys on Friday, November 20th. As, like you said, Kyle, we are approaching Thanksgiving. So I am quarantining myself properly um, in preparation to be with my family um, here. Now we are, yeah, less than a week. Uh, next Thursday is Thanksgiving. So everything is going well. Um, hope you guys are doing well too. Cole, how are you doing, my man? You know, it's been a pretty hectic week, of course. I'm set to broadcast the Mizzou-South Carolina football game tomorrow night. As of now, that game is happening. Mizzou has 53 healthy players, which is right at the SEC threshold. So I would imagine the Mizzou-South Carolina rivalry game will be happening tomorrow night. So I've been researching for that. But also, I have an early flight Sunday morning, so I'll be leaving out of St. Louis at like 8 a.m. Goodness. That is... um... I mean, that's just a, a crazy turnaround there. Cole, you mentioned you're going to St. Louis. Are you driving to St. Louis early Sunday morning, or what's the what, what's your plans there? So normally I fly out of Columbia Regional Airport for all my flights, but because um, normally the airfare is like 200 for a round trip, this year for some reason it's around like 600, so we figured St. Louis would be the best possible option. So since I don't have a car on campus, I'm probably just going to take a Moets to St. Louis Airport. Yeah, I, I usually do that myself. I'll tell you what, it's a good strategy. Let us get in. Let us get into sports now. Um, and while we usually tend to talk a lot about um, what do you call it? About football. Um, I think what we really do need to talk about this week is basketball. Um, because the basketball world kind of exploded this week uh, between the draft, free agency stuff, um, and then recent news surrounding the Toronto Raptors. Um, it's been it's been a time in the world of the NBA. So let's start with the somewhat breaking news. Uh, broke within the last hour or so, and this was expected. Um, we knew that something to this um, to this effect would occur, but the Toronto Raptors. Um, have been kind of forced out by the Canadian government, um, and they have been forced to look for a a new home for the 2021 season. That home, we can now confirm, is going to be in Tampa Bay. There was talk maybe they'd come to Kansas City. It will be Tampa Bay. Um, so that that happened. Cole? What do you think about this one? Um, we're going to have now, um, I guess, two teams down in Florida this Well, three. Year. There's Miami, yeah, Orlando, three. and yeah, now yeah. Tampa. So that's really weird. And honestly, I did not see anything about the Toronto Raptors news. But if we're being honest, I think it makes sense in the whole COVID landscape where instead of having to travel to Toronto every night for a team, it makes sense to keep everything within the U.S. Well, and... and- there's, you know, 
Canada's got a lot stricter restrictions on um, on on their COVID stuff. With, I mean, with merit, I I, I I can't deny. I think it's a, a good yeah, thing. Definitely an interesting decision. And I'm reading uh, an article um, on ESPN. Um, so an official familiar an official familiar with the government's decision told the Associated Press on Friday that there is too much COVID-19 circulating in the United States to allow for cross-border travel. That is not essential. And this is a, I'm going to, this is a direct quote. I'm quoting this article. The rappers worked diligently with public health officials at the local, provincial, and federal level to secure a plan that would permit us to play our 2020-21 season on home soil and on our home court at, I'm going to butcher this, Scotia Bank. Scotia Bank. Scotia Bank Arena. My apologies for that. Uh, Raptors president. How do you, do you know his? You know his first and last name. Is it Masai? Masai. Um, um, oh goodness. Masai Urji. Oh, Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri. Okay. Okay. Kyle. Kyle. Kyle got that one for me. Um, said in a statement, these conversations were productive, uh, and we found strong support for the protocols put forward. Ultimately, the current public health situation facing Canadians combined with the urgent need to determine where we will play means that we will begin our 2020-21 season in Tampa, Florida, like you mentioned before. So, of course, that article uh, coming from ESPN News Services. So, yeah, an interesting decision, um, but it just goes to show you that it's not just, you know, it's not just the United States battling and fighting this deadly virus, but uh, countries from all over the world. And now that you see uh, – Canada kind of taking a stance on the NBA with, you know, the Toronto Raptors. It's very important. And I know, and I don't know if you guys saw, but this week the United States just hit the uh, quarter of a million deaths uh, for the virus. And I, now I believe the death toll is up over 250,000 deaths. Um, so again, it's just, you got, you, you know, the NBA has to take proper measures and these, and it's going to come down to individual teams uh, taking the right measures and the proper and safe measures as we head into the new season, which I think is scheduled to start pretty soon. Pretty soon. Isn't pretty soon it? Yeah. It is around Christmas time. Yeah. That, there's, I, I think, um, I think it is actually supposed to start on Christmas weekend, right? It's either December 25th. I want to say it's starting December 23rd. Okay. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be right around Christmas. Um, but of course that movement, that was just today's news in the NBA. Um, we got to go back just a smidge and talk about the NBA draft, um, and Cole, I know you paid quite a bit of attention to that to that affair, um, and so I'm going to let you take the lead on this. But what were your thoughts on the draft this year? You got your winners, you got your losers. What is uh, you know, what what did you, what did you take away? Um, and this could be bull specific. Um, this is going to be any picks that surprised you. But what, you know, talk about the draft for me. I mean, the biggest takeaway is. The Chicago Bulls, but before I talk about the Bulls, who they took fourth overall, which shocked a lot of people, the first point I want to make before I talk about Chicago a little bit is that LaMelo Ball was picked third overall by the Charlotte Hornets, and of course, who owns the Charlotte Hornets? Michael Jordan. Jordan. When Lonzo Ball was getting drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers and LaVar Ball came out, and who did he want to play again one-on-one? one-on-one with Michael Jordan That's Michael true. Jordan so now we gotta get, our, we gotta get our game gotta so, get our ESPN, game. so ESPN somehow in some way broadcast that 1v1 LeVar Ball versus Michael Jordan that's been in the running for a few years but to talk about the Bulls 
The Bulls had the fourth pick. Personally, I and a lot of other Bulls fans wanted to pick Denny. I, I'm going to butcher the last name. Adija. Adija. Um, the small forward from Israel. Israel, who has a lot of Luka Doncic um, playmaking and shot creating abilities. That's who the Bulls wanted. The weakest position the Bulls have is small forward, so that would really help with the development of guys like Zach Levine, Kobe White, Laurie Marker, and Wendell Carter. But the Bulls shocked the world by taking a bench player from Florida State, Patrick Williams, the fourth overall pick. Now, a lot of people, a lot of Bulls fans are very skeptical and kind of scared because the last time the Bulls or a Chicago team reached in the NFL draft was Mitch Trubisky with the second overall pick in the 2017 NFL draft. So a lot of Bulls fans are hoping that it's not a Mitch situation down in the United Center. Yeah, you know, this one really surprised me, um, especially given the folks who were, who were still on the board. You still had Isaac Okoro, um, you know, obviously, uh, Denny Avdija. Um, I mean, I'm personally a big Obi Toppin fan, uh, and so to, to see him fall all the way down to eight, I was very surprised by that. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a very—it's a reach, Um and that's, I mean, that's that's the whole point of a draft, right? Is is you reach. Um, so uh, we don't know if it's as bad or not until it happens, right? So that that's that's my deal. Is is you know if Patrick Williams you know pans out to be a great player and next Jarek Rose or something, this this conversation never happened, right? But if he winds up being garbage. Then you know it's gonna be it's gonna be years of oh why did the why did the Bulls go with him over over Denny Abdesia or Jalen Smith or something you know so with that sort of thing we really don't know but right now it seems like a bad move absolutely and I know because we're a you know a, a Mizzou student radio station we have to mention Mizzou did not have any players drafted in this. Uh, in this last draft, I'm, but I no, wanted to point out, I mean, you know, it did, makes did, sense did, that no Mizzou players think, were drafted because no one opted yeah, for the NFL. Yeah, I mean, no, NFL one, draft. no one was in the pool. That is true. But I, I bring that up because I wanted to talk a little bit about the SEC and kind of where some players that I know we all three remember watching because you know we go to Mizzou and stuff. So you have, I remember, you know, a really good player in, um, let's see. Tyrese Maxey at Kentucky. You've got Emmanuel Quickly at Kentucky. Everybody remembers who. And now this is Big 12, but Al Zabuki from Kansas. We all remember him. Um, so a ton of talent from there. And then in, that was round one. And then in well, round like, you, two. You, you, you've completely neglected Anthony Edwards. Anthony, okay. And he completely uh, neglected Anthony Isaac Okoro. Yeah. Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. I, I, I called, oh God, I, I forget what year it was. I called, I called a Georgia basketball game. And hey, I just... Anthony. I just remember how good Anthony Edwards was in that game. And I, and I hope that he's able to contribute because he, of course, got, you know, he was picked number one overall in this year's draft in round one. He's going to play for the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have really been struggling uh, over the past couple of seasons. But looking in round two real quickly, as far as and SEC no, no, no. players, Chance, before you got um, Saban Lee out of Vanderbilt, Nick Richards out of Kentucky, and then Skylar Mays, who we all remember, he was a really dominant threat, uh, three-point shooter uh, for LSU. And then I believe we've got one more uh, from Mississippi State, and that is Reggie Perry. So that's kind of a little bit of a rundown SEC-wide play- SEC players. 
who were picked in this year's uh, draft. But yeah, no, I thought it was, I, I personally didn't watch it. Um, I just kind of stayed up to date, you know, via my phone and via notifications from ESPN and Bleacher Report and all the other, you know, sports sites and sports sources that you can get all this stuff from. Um, but as we look ahead into the new season, you know, take away what the NBA was able to do with the bubble uh, this past season, and you know, really limit the amount of COVID, the po- limit the amount of positive tests that came out of uh, the bubble down in Orlando. What are you guys looking forward to in the next in this next season? Uh, because COVID's still going to be kind of uh, you know on the radar; it's, it hasn't gone away um, with the NBA uh, coming up shortly. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to, and, and Cole, you can um, you can talk about this yourself as well. Um, who you think is going to be the big emerging team? After all the free agent moves, the trades, the draft, I'm interested to see what the Minnesota Timberwolves do. I think the Timberwolves are going to be one of those young, dark horse teams that kind of comes out of the woodwork and really puts up a fight. And I'll tell you what, I think one of the most fun games this season is going to be between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Milwaukee Bucks. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. Nicole, you can... uh... Yeah, I definitely agree with your point that, you know, this yourself as well, who you think is going to be the big emerging team. But after all, yeah, you definitely have to talk about the. I think the Timberwolves will work and really put up a fight. Now, this. Yeah, you definitely have to talk about the. Okay. Okay, so as we were okay, talking so about earlier how Chance was earlier, how Chance talking was about, about, I mean, Kyle was talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves a little bit. I definitely have to agree with the point that they do have a lot of young stars. Of course, Anthony Edwards was taken number one overall from Georgia, and they also have guys like Carlton Towns, D'Angelo Russell there. But I'm still skeptical about Minnesota because when you consider them, they have not made the playoffs since they have not made the playoffs since 2002. So I'm very skeptical that. Minnesota will be a dark horse playoff team because they're kind of like what the Cleveland Browns are in the NFL. I would say one team that I'm really excited for that could be on the merge to contend for a championship is the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I could see I could see Denver being that team. Um, they got close last year, incredibly close, um, and so. I, I think I think that might be that might be the case that they wind up, you know, going the distance. Chance, I think um I think Chance has something to say. Um let's see if we'll if he'll be able to connect. We're having a bit of a bit of connection issues with our good friend Chance. Um let's see if we can get him on. Chance is currently muted. I think that's the problem. Chance, brother, you are very much muted. Let's let's see. Apologize for that. Let me go back and repeat everything that I just said because it is important. But anyways, because I'm a loyal LeBron James fan, and of course the Los Angeles Lakers are the defending uh, national champions in the NBA, uh, rumors are Anthony Davis expecting to take time before accepting a contract and per Adrian Wojnarowski uh, from ESPN reported Davis plans to sign a new contract with the Lakers, but is mulling his options on the structure of any new deal. The Lakers can offer Davis a five-year contract worth $189 million. 
However, it seems likelier that the all-star will want to maintain some sort of long-term flexibility. So that is from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, um, who of course uh, brings us all the news surrounding the NBA. Um, any uh, takes on while we we can we'll, we'll sort of wrap this up here in a little bit our NBA segment. Um, but the Lakers, do they kind of stay at that the top of the top of the you know the the West, or do you kind of do, do you think there will be a run? Someone's going to make them. Uh, someone's going to chase them. They're going to, you know, they're, they're going to be like the Chiefs in the NFL. Everybody's going to want to chase them next year. Uh, do you guys see any other teams uh, who will give the Lakers uh, a threat in the West? I was going to say, I was going to say that the Warriors would be that team, but then the war, but then Clay Thompson often tore his Achilles and he's going to be out for the season. Um, Steph can't do it alone. That's just, I mean, that's just pure, you know, that's what it is. That's the deal. Steph, Steph cannot do it alone. Um, so I'm not entirely sure, um, you know, who can challenge the Lakers, at least at West. So I just, I definitely want to touch on the Warriors a little bit. Now, the Warriors obviously did lose Clay for the year, and they did bring in Kelly Oubre Jr. for the like Clay Thompson backup with Steph. Now, obviously, even with James Wiseman, the second overall pick, there is a huge talent gap between Kelly Oubre and Clay Thompson. So I don't see the Warriors being the team that will try to dethrone the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, I think the Denver Nuggets will be competitive with Jamal Murray, Jokic, and MPJ, who's a Mizzou alum, played pretty decently in the playoffs with the COVID and everything. And then when you talk about the Clippers, they definitely underachieved expectations. They were expected to win the NBA championship with Kawhi and Paul George, but they definitely have a lot of holes, and they caused that the team to fire Doc Rivers, and they hired Tyron Luce. So I'm not as it's stack on the Clippers as I was last year, and then took on the East. Obviously, Brooklyn's going to be a team that you want to watch out for with Kyrie and Kevin Durant if they also do get James Harden. The Bucks, if they do keep Giannis, which that's always still up in the air. Um, and obviously, I was really hyping up the 76ers last year, but I'm not too hype on them last year, just like I was with the Clippers. Yeah, the Sixers kind of f- fallen off, in my opinion. I really don't see them as, I don't want to say they're not contenders, but I just don't see them getting close enough. I think I think the Bucks still run the East. Um, I think the Nets are going to be great. You know, you've got KD, Kyrie, both coming back. That that Brooklyn team is going to be good. Um, heck, you can never count out the Wizards. I mean, sometimes you can. Um, we'll have to see what Charlotte does. Um, the but, Bulls might be in a playoff spot, but I'm kind of hopeful. Yeah, it's it's the Bulls will be in a if their Bulls aren't a playoff spot, they'll be like a six, seven, eight seed. They're I mean, not going to be like a three. The Heat. We were, I mean, the Heat were good last year as well. Yeah, you know, so it's 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 very much up in the air in terms of who's going to challenge. Uh, Chance, I'll let you get a word in before we head to break. No, that's fine. I appreciate it. And that was the one team I, I wanted to bring up was the Heat. You know, the Miami Heat because let's not forget how far they they made it this year. You know, they they made it to the NBA Finals and of course lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. So yeah, they're going to be back next year. You know, Jimmy Butler is a great player. Adebayo is a great player. 
so they've got uh, they've got plenty of talent um, with that Miami Heat roster under Eric Spolstra. Uh, so they're going to be definitely a fun team to watch uh, in the East. But yeah, that's that's that was kind of my uh, that that was the one last thing I want to get in on about the NBA. Well, alrighty, that's going to take us to break. When we come back, NFL, college football, we'll try to do a quick wrap around in the last about 20 minutes that we have here with you. So stay tuned. Triple Threat brought to you by Stickle and Dry Law Firm here on KCOU. Sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The shocking statistics are that one in five people in Boone County lives in poverty. Even worse, approximately 250 Columbia children are homeless. The Heart of Missouri United Way fights for solutions to improve lives by supporting 33 local organizations that strengthen the health, education, basic needs, and financial stability of our community. Join the fight today and live united by making your gift at uwheartmo.org donate. Look at me. Busy as a bee, where'd I get all this energy? Oh man, mm, man, I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh man, mm, man, get these hairs all out of my face, get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit, no time to waste. Oh man, mm, man. A warm welcome back to you here on Triple Threat, brought to you by Stickland Dry Law Firm. Kyle Jones, Colt Tusing here in the studio. Chance Stickland joining us virtually on the Zoom. And a quick reminder, KCOU is going to be bringing you some Missouri Tiger football this weekend. And said football is brought to you by Pizza Tree. Open Tuesdays through Sundays. Pizza Tree is excited to now serve breakfast slices, bagels, and coffee. Located at 909 Cherry Street. More information is available on their website, pizzatreepizza.com. Or you can call 573-874-9925. Slice specials can also be found on their Twitter and Facebook pages. KCOU would like to thank Pizza Tree for supporting KCOU Sports and Student Radio. And now I'm hungry. But that's okay. Because we've got football to talk about. And there is definitely some football going on. Let us start, as we usually do, with college football, because I like that. And Cole, give me your kind of wraparound, you know, what college football games are you looking at for uh, for this week? This may be a little bit biased, especially because I'm calling the game on KCU 80.1 FM. Once again, you can 
tune in to the broadcast, Mizzou versus South Carolina. I'll be on the call. The game is a six thirty kickoff, so KCU will start their content around six p.m. Central Time. So obviously, want to spend some time on the. Mayor's Cup, Mizzou versus South Carolina football game. Yeah, you know it's a, it's a it's a big one, right? It's it's a big rivalry. Um, Missouri hasn't played a football game in quite some time, and the last time they did, they got spanked by Florida. Um, so a chance for redemption for uh, for Drinkwitz and his merry men. We'll have to see if they can turn things around. I usually make my go-to game where wherever Texas A&M is playing because they've been fun to watch. They're postponed this week. They can't play football because of COVID. They were supposed to play Ole Miss. So instead, I am going to go with my tried-true uh, group of five pick. I, I tend to stick with group of five games um, simply because I like watching the, uh, the non-big boys. Um, and when I look across the group of five slate, um, I'll be I'll be real with you. I don't see too much that intrigues me. I'll be on Hawaii watch, obviously. Boise State going to Honolulu. That's a somewhat intriguing matchup if you're a fan of the Mountain West. Um, but looking back, ironically, at Power Five stuff. I want to see if Liberty is the real deal when they take on NC State. Um, NC State, obviously not you know the top tip top of the ACC, but they are five and three. They're coming off of a good win against FSU, and they take on a surprisingly number twenty-one ranked Liberty, who has kind of not necessarily come out of nowhere. They're playing a bunch of cupcakes, but they've certainly come out of the gate playing well the last ACC team they played was Virginia Tech and they beat Virginia Tech so I want to see if the Flames can move themselves up to what at this point would be 9-0 and with just two games left one of those against the undefeated Coastal Carolina Chanticleers so that's my pick is uh, Liberty NC State that's what I'll be paying attention to at 630 Chance What's your game that you're going to be taking a look at? Um, so I will um, – let let's see here. You know, of the top uh, – I guess of the top 25 games going on this weekend, um, one that catches my eye is probably – I like the looks of, of course, one going on in the Big Ten. I like the looks of ninth-ranked Indiana and third-ranked Ohio State. That's going to be a good game. That's an early kickoff. Uh, the Big Ten has had its – you know, has had its – COVID-19 issues over the past couple of weeks. I know Ohio State had to cancel its game against Maryland last weekend, I believe. Um, so it's been a couple – it's been a while since both teams have seen the field. Um, so that game – but jumping back, I want to talk about the Mizzou game for a little bit and our very own Cole Tusing, of course, is on the call for that one. Uh, but looking at the Missouri game, we have to remember uh, some – some. I would consider it's not, it's not breaking news anymore, but Will Muschamp. Uh, is not going to be the head coach Correct. Uh, of the South Carolina Gamecocks. And I don't know when that's effective. Um, it's effective now. He's gone. That's what I thought. So, th- so they parted ways with him completely. So he is, he is, he is, he is. So will again, head coach of South Carolina. Will Muschamp has been fired. Um, Eli Drinkwitz did, did kind of pour in his, I guess, condolences or his, uh, he, he, he gave some feedback on that. 
Um, so inter- interesting move there. Um, the zoo is two and three. South Carolina is two and five. So really kind of two, you know, it's been – it's been a it's been an interesting season for both teams. Um, Mizzou, of course, has had less opportunities to play this season. However, uh, ESPN's matchup predictor uh, gives the Tigers a fifty five point seven percent advantage to South Carolina's forty four point three percent percentage. Um, looking at the quarterback uh, comparison for this game, of course, Mizzou's Connor Bazelak, uh ninety six for one thirty nine on the season. A little over 1,100 yards, that being 1,101 yards total in the season. Four touchdowns and one interception. And then South Carolina's, um, let's see if it'll pop up, Colin Hill uh, has 1,372 yards, six touchdowns, six interceptions, and a QBR rating of 53.7 for South Carolina. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how this this game shakes out. Of, Of course, the Mayor's Cup, a battle of the Columbia's. Uh, this time it's on the East Coast. Um, we can go around the studio and kind of give our our predictions on this game. I'll let Cole start. So to talk about the point before I give my opinion and everything prediction, of course, you know, I'm broadcasting this game. Yes, South Carolina did just fire Will Muschamp. It happened earlier this week. The interim coach, Mike Bobo, will be stepping in. Will Muschamp was a little below 500 as while well at South Carolina, 28 and 30 record. And, just to touch on this point a little bit in the coaching search for South Carolina, Kyle, you briefly mentioned two teams when your uh, Liberty Coastal Carolina pick that South Carolina is currently scouting for their coaching search. They're looking at Shane Beamer, who is the assistant at OU right now, who's the current favorite, who was also a former South Carolina coach from 2007, 2010. So right now, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at Neil Brown, who's the current coach at West Virginia. They're looking at Jamie Chadwell, the Coastal Carolina football coach, and then looking at Hugh Freeze, the Liberty coach. If I pick any of those, it, it would probably be Chadwell from from Coastal Carolina. Um, that that program didn't even exist all of a few years ago, and is now undefeated in a Sun Belt that increasingly gets more and more competitive each year. Um, not, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't Hugh Freeze just receive a contract extension? Uh, I'm relatively sure he did. I think you're right on that. Um, Paul brings up that name. That's why I bring that up. He's also he's also just kind of he's tainted goods to the point where only Liberty was going to hire Hugh Freeze. If you know what kind of school Liberty is, or I guess was Jerry Falwell is no longer a part of that school, so they might be they might be making a turn. Um, but if you know the kind of person Jerry Falwell is, um, the the you know head of that school, who definitely had a hand in that hiring search for Hugh Freeze, there weren't too many programs who were going to take him um, based on his past. Um, but Liberty was one of them. But I definitely go with Chadwell because Coastal Carolina is great. I'll tell you what, I think Missouri wins this football game. South Carolina is weak. They continue to lose. Muschamp was fired for a reason. They're in disarray as a team, as a program. Yeah, Missouri hasn't seen the football field in a competitive sense since the Florida game, but they have been labbing it out. They have been practicing. Yes, they're low on bodies because of COVID, but I still think that the Tigers have the edge in this football game. 
I think Mizzou wins by a lot in this game. South Carolina is on a three-game losing streak. They gave up 52 points against LSU. They gave up 48 points against A&M. And they gave up 59 points against Ole Miss. Yeah. J.C. Horn, who is arguably the best corner in the SEC, already has opted out of the season to prepare for the NFL draft. And one final key, who is Mizzou's new football head coach? Eli Drinkwitz. In his last year at Appalachian State, who did Eli Drinkwitz take down in Columbia, South Carolina? That'd be the South Carolina Gamecocks. I like where you're headed, Cole. Anyways, I'm gonna I, I'll put uh, I'm gonna go uh, sir for for the final score of this game. I'm gonna go somewhere in between. I like the looks of 28-10 Mizzou. Maybe. Oh wow! Ooh. You think it's really that? You think it's that low scoring? Maybe. Yeah, I don't think Mizzou's gonna put up a lot of points. I think forty-five twenty-four Mizzou wins. I think I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be high scoring. That because defense is Garbo, and ours isn't much better. Or I, and when I say ours, I mean Missouri. I say that because Mizzou, uh, well, there was some news in the football team. Dominic Jacinto has entered the transport. I mean, that he doesn't really like, affect. He's had four catches this right. year. He's had four he's catches this year. Wide receiver isn't gonna affect the offense that much. I understand that, but I just wanted to bring that up in case people weren't aware of that. Um, so that that happened this weekend, or this this past week, I guess this current week that we're in right now. It happened earlier this week. But anyways, yeah, I don't think it'll be a super high scoring game. So Cole's got forty five. Would you say forty five? What I said forty five twenty four. Mizzou wins forty five twenty four. Kyle's got what? Um, I don't know if I can give a, a true score, but what I can say is that Tigers are going to win by. I'm going to say three touchdowns. And then I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna stick at 28-10 Mizzou. Uh, I wanted to run through a couple more games in the SEC. Uh, sixth ranked Florida will go to Vanderbilt. That's an early kickoff, 11 a.m. on ESPN. LSU Arkansas again, 11 a.m. on the SEC Network. Kentucky against uh, first ranked or number one ranked Alabama. Three o'clock p.m. SEC Network. Tennessee at 23 ranked Auburn. Six o'clock on ESPN. Mississippi State at 13th ranked Georgia again, 6:30. Uh, on the SEC Network, Missouri, South Carolina, like we've been talking about, and then uh, Ole Miss and uh, Kyle's rank, Kyle's fifth-ranked Texas A&M Aggies postponed this week. So yeah. That kind of wraps up the SEC conversation. Uh, I'll let you guys in the studio um, either take the break or we can transition right into the NFL. Well, we're going to move on to the NFL, but just beforehand, I did I said there wasn't much going on in the group of five. There is App State, Coastal Carolina, also a game to look out for. Uh, Coastal Carolina trying to keep the undefeated streak alive against one of the best teams in the Sun Belt, not named Louisiana. So let's move on now to the NFL. And there are some games that are somewhat of a toss-up. There are some for-sures. And then, of course, we got to talk about last night's football game between two of the best teams in the league right now, Arizona and Seattle Seahawks coming out 28-21 winners, but don't knock the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, 269 passing yards. A very nice performance from him. Cole, what did you think of this football game? Did you get to watch? I unfortunately did not get to watch this high-powered Arizona versus Seattle football game. I was... Uh, busy finishing my board for the Mizzou South Carolina football game, so unfortunately was not able to tune in. Doing his prep work like a good broadcaster, can't knock him for that chance. Did you get a chance to take in Seattle Arizona? I did not, but I did witness what Arizona did last weekend uh, between Murray and Hopkins, and I understand and I know what the Seattle team's capable of doing. People are 
keep saying, and I and I agree, their pat, you know, their defense is kind of letting them down and has kind of let them down over the past couple of weeks. A suffering loss against Buffalo, um, not too long ago. Um, and I'm I can't think, I'm trying to think of their other two losses. I know Buffalo is one of them. Arizona. Uh, they, they, had the, they had the Arizona lost in lost in overtime, and then okay. uh, and then the Rams. Gotcha, and then the Rams. Okay, so those are their three losses. But you know, this is my thing, and we talked about this, and we've talked about this, you know, kind of all semester long and all season long. This this division is so competitive. You know, this was seven point game. You've got two great quarterbacks. Uh, one of them potential. Well, I don't know. I think you can make the argument for both of them, probably for. Uh, possibly MVP. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I think both guys are definitely in that, in that, that, in that category uh, for the MVP, of course, award this season. Um, but, you know, Seattle was able to, you know, edge them and get it, get the victory again in 2021. Um, Russell Wilson, two touchdowns, 197, zero interceptions. On the other side, Murray, 269 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. So both quarterbacks had good performances. Um, Seattle was just able to, you know, they were able to push it a little further um, and get to the finish line uh, last night. Kyle, what did you see from the game? I saw two high-powered offenses doing their thing and one of them just getting a little bit more on the other. You mentioned it, Chance. I'm going to mention it again. This this NFC West is the most competitive division in football. If San Francisco was not a walking hospital in terms of injury, this would be a four-team division race, a true four-team division race. Unfortunately, you do kind of have the odd man out situation with the fact that half of San Francisco's team cannot walk. Um, so it's only a three team race, but still, this is such fun football watch. And I, I can't wait to see how this thing plays out because now the Arizona Seattle series, the season series is split one, one, right? Those were the two that I have at the top. Um, so it's really going to come down to who can beat the Rams, who can beat the Niners, who can win their, their non-division games. Uh, to, you know, in terms of who's going to top this division, because it is truly neck and neck, and it is an absolutely beautiful thing to watch. Let's move on because we are running low on time. Kind of bit of a wrap around of some of the other games. Philadelphia, Cleveland. I don't think that's much of a contest. Cleveland's going to have that. Philadelphia looks ugly. Anybody in disagreement with that? No, and I'll tell you this: despite the Giants only being three and seven, the Giants look like the best football team in the NFC. Is that the East? The yeah. NFC East. So it's a it's an ugly division this year. And when I say ugly division, the records are ugly. But again, the New York Giants football team—they look like the—they look like the best team in the NFC East right now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's move on. Atlanta, New Orleans. This one is interesting because Drew Brees um, has. Cracked ribs, a collapsed lung. Uh, the man can barely stand without wheezing to death. Um, so in his place, we thought was going to be Jameis Winston. It's actually going to be Taysom Hill. Does that open the door for Atlanta in this game? I'll give my take first. No. Taysom Hill is incredible. What I have seen from him this season is, I think it's great. 
I like the Saints in this game. I don't think that I don't think the Falcons are that good. Uh, I mean, they're not. But <laughs> Taysom Hill knows how to. I think he knows how to lead this team when Drew Brees is out. Uh, he 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 he's got quick legs. He's able to score uh, rushing wise. He's got a, he can also throw the ball really well. It's not surprising then that's the move that Sean Payton's going with for the Saints. I like the Saints over the Falcons in this game. Cole. So I'm going to agree with Chance here. I think the Saints are going to win, but I'm on a different wavelength that Chance is going off of. I think the Falcons are going to do Falcons things. We're going to be up in the second half, fourth quarter, but then they'll blow it just like the Falcons always do. So give me the Saints, especially because it's being played in New Orleans. All right. Showdown of the suck between Cincinnati and Washington, but one sucks a bit less, and for me, that's Cincinnati. I think that Joe Burrow is going to lead the Bengals to a win here. Anybody in disagreement? Yo, Burrow all day long on Sunday. I got the Bengals over uh, the Washington football team. All righty. Carolina, Detroit. This one is truly a toss-up because both of these teams are mediocre, but not bad. Detroit's been having some upward momentum. Carolina, not so much. And Teddy Bridgewater out. It's going to be Houston Roughnecks legend P.J. Walker taking the start for the Panthers in this game. Who you got and why? Chance go first. Uh, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. I think they ended up winning last week in, uh, with a game-winning field goal. Uh, and I'm not uh, – who was that against? Help me out. I'll help you out. I'll give you the assist. It was against the Washington football team. That's th- that's what I thought. So the Lions are riding some momentum, positive momentum, winning momentum. I think they – I think they go – I think they, they won last week, of course, in a tight one with a game-winning field goal. They take this one against Carolina. I've got the Lions over the Panthers. All right, Cole. Having the last ounce of hope for the Chicago Bears, I hope Carolina wins this football game so Detroit gets another loss on the NFC North. So you are putting your faith, your hopes, your dreams in the hands of Houston Roughnecks legend P.J. Walker. I like it. I'm going with Detroit. Let's move on. Jack Steelers, not much of conversation. That's that's Pittsburgh all the way. Tennessee, Baltimore. Baltimore's looked bad. Not like bad, bad, but very incons- inconsistent over the past couple of weeks. Tennessee has kind of lost momentum as well. I still take Baltimore in this game. Cole, I'll start with you. Who do you have? And make it quick. We don't have much time. I think Derrick Henry's going to have a strong show, but give me Baltimore, especially because Baltimore's going to be played at home this week. Chance, who you got? Cole took the words out of my mouth with this game. I second that. I've got Baltimore over Tennessee this weekend. All right. We have New England, who has uh, gotten back to their winning ways. They look somewhat of themselves again. Cam Newton doing work. They've made a good running back out of Rex Burkhead. Um, it's one. It's a Patriot thing. They make good players out of nobody. Um, taking on the dysfunction known as the Houston Texans, in Houston, I mean, this is gonna be this is gonna be New England. I I, I, I don't see it going any other way. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think Cole agrees with that too. Yeah. Next game, Tua Vailoa taking on Drew Locke out at Mile High. I've got to go with Miami here. Denver looks very bad. I'm also gonna take Miami over Denver in this game. All righty, Jets. Los Angeles Chargers, um, there's no question here. Justin Herbert's going to eat up New York Jets. Indianapolis Green Bay, let's talk about this one because the Colts are low-key good, and the Packers are also very good. I actually have to go with 
Aaron Rodgers and the Packers here because angry Aaron Rodgers is going to do angry Aaron Rodgers things. I don't know if this, I don't as good as the Colts defense is this year, I don't know if they can stop him. Yeah, I got the Packers as well. Cole? I'm going to take a wild card. I'm going to pick the Colts here. And it's not a wild card, to be honest with you. They're a good team. We've seen time and time again Aaron Rodgers struggle against a very good pass rush. Fair enough. Fair enough. The boys of Dallas taking on Minnesota in in Minneapolis. I've got to go with the Vikes here because Dallas is just so inconsistent, bad, downright awful. And at least I can count on Minnesota to be somewhat competent at home. Give me Minnesota over Dallas this weekend. And then the big one for you, Chance, yes, KC Vegas. It's got to be the Chiefs, yeah? It is. They're going to get revenge. They're going to split the season series. The Chiefs are going to pick up a win on Sunday Night Football over the Raiders. Cole's shaking his head. Cole, I want to hear your take. We've only got about three minutes, so make it go. quick. Here goes Hot Take Tucson. The man is in the house. Hot Take Tucson stuff in the building. I think the Raiders will beat the Chiefs once again this season. All right, give it to me. Why? The Raiders are a constant dark horse, in my opinion. They're one of the teams that is overall one of the best teams the AFC that no one talks about. They are very good. I will give you that. I will also say that this Chiefs team has their legs under them. They they look, once again, like they are an unstoppable force. And so it, for that reason and that reason alone, I've got to go with KC. One more game to talk about before we wrap things up. Tampa, Los Angeles, Brady versus the Rams. I've got to go with Brady at home. I'm interested in what you boys think, so I'll leave it up to you. Duel it out with the last minute we have here on air. I had to go to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers at home. Chance. Yeah, I agree. I think Tom Brady and the Bucs, uh, I think the Buccaneers get the job done this weekend on Monday night football against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Bucks over the Rams this weekend. So we have consensus is going to be Brady. That's going to do it for us here at Triple Threat, brought to you by Stickle and Dryer Law Firm. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Next week we'll be back. Well, no, we won't be back. It'll be Thanksgiving. So we'll take a quick break um, for Thanksgiving. But after that, we will try to be back as much as possible. It really depends on buildings being open and where things are quarantine-wise. But we will keep you informed, try to get back as quick as possible. But for Chance and Cole... Kyle Jones saying thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Adios. Missouri Tigers football and men's and women's basketball on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU Sports is brought to you by El Rancho. Located at 1014 East Broadway, 